You are listening to New Life The Fort. We believe your vision will be expanded and your heart enlarged. If you are blessed by this message, write to info at newlifethefort.com. And so we're going to talk about Jesus some more. Is that okay? You know, but um, in talking about that, I believe that because he's the beginning and he's the end and he's everything in between, I believe that Jesus is building something. Jesus is always building something. Do you guys know that he's building your life? He's building things through your life. Amen. He's building his church, isn't he? What does the Bible say? That he's building the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. How many of you know that, yes, we can say that this is the church, but we can also say that this is the church. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then you are the church. Everywhere you go, his life goes with you. You bring resurrection life with you. You bring Jesus, the person of Jesus Christ, through his spirit with you into the world. Amen. So we are the church. And Christ is building our lives. So if you want to title this message today, we're talking about built by grace. Built by grace. Amen. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. Don't worry, my voice is cracky, but I'm still excited. Amen. I'm not going to draw back. I'm just going to give it, all right? Amen. Verse 18. And I will also say to you, Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hayes will not prevail against it. Now, this is Jesus obviously having a conversation with Peter about how Peter had this awesome revelation that he was the Christ, the son of the living God. But then Jesus says to him, Peter, on this revelation, not on you, Peter, but on this revelation that I am the Christ, I am going to build my church. So we're going to be built in our lives on the revelation that Jesus is Lord. Amen. He is Lord. And the the gates of hell, whatever powers want to come against Jesus being Lord, they will not prevail. Whatever the enemy sends to your life to try to stop the plan of God in your life, it will not prevail. Amen. We are going to be victorious because our king was victorious. Verse 19, and I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So we are the church and he is building our lives. But we must understand something. To allow him to build, we need to be at a position of rest. We need to be rested so that we can allow him to build. Now, does that mean we are inactive? I'm not talking in a physical sense, okay? I'm talking spiritually speaking. In our hearts, we need to be rested in the fact that he is the one that's going to build through us. If we're going to do great exploits in the kingdom of God, we must understand it is not in of our own strength. We can't build these things in our own ability. We want to build things that are far beyond our ability, okay? Do you guys want to build something greater than yourself? Then you came to the right place today. Amen. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 10, New Living Translation. Speaking about building materials built by grace. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid a foundation like an expert builder. Now that others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. Okay, this is Paul speaking to the Corinthians. Okay, he's actually speaking to the leaders or the ministers of, the, of that time in, in the Corinthian church, okay? Now, this is, you may think, well, I'm not a minister. I don't preach on a Sunday. 
I am ministering right here and right now. This is one, one way to minister. But I want to expand things for you today. You know that we're all called to be ministers. Whatever area of life that God has called you in, that is your ministry. So you can glean from this verse. It's not just for people who preach a message on a Sunday. This is for people who want to live their life directed by the, the Spirit of God, who want to see heaven build things through their life. So you are a minister. When you're at work, you're a minister. When you're at home with your children, you are a minister. You are building through what Jesus is building in you. So as you allow yourself on the inside to be built up, you will see great things being built through your life. But first, you need to allow yourself to be built up on the inside. Okay, and what are we building with in the new covenant? Verse 11, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that we have already laid, that's Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on a foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, and jewels, wood, hay, and straw. Verse 13, but judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. For fire will show if a person's work has value. Okay, now, let me just say something. First, we see that there's some different materials, right? We see gold, silver, and precious jewels. And then we see wood, hay, and straw, or something like that, okay? Now, if you put those things to a fire, there's two very distinct things that happen. The metals, when they see fire, they become more brilliant. The impurities are removed, and it brings out the beauty of what they are. But when wood, hay, and straw hit fire, it goes poof. Okay, we don't want you to go poof. That's why we're talking about building today. Because you, through what Christ has done, have the ability to build things through your life that will last for all eternity. Not only that, when you see fire, you don't anymore have to run away. You can say, bring it on. Because fire, as people of grace in the new covenant, is not something we are scared of. Because we know one who went through the fire for us. He gave everything for us. So that we can know when we see fire, we can say, hey, this is my opportunity to be rewarded. That's why he's coming. He's the Alpha and the Omega. But he's coming with great rewards for those people who will build according to the way he builds. Allow the, the things that he puts in your heart to come through you. And as you do that, you will be building things of silver, things of gold, things of precious jewels. Because they will be connected to eternal lives. And lives... In in the kingdom of God that are alive in Christ, the Bible says that they are living stones. Living stones. I'm getting ahead of myself. So we are going to be talking about building, okay? And I'm going to go through the Old Testament just a little bit, give you a few stories about building to show you how not to build, and then we're going to end up on what we do and what, how, how the Lord wants to lead us by grace to build in his new, new covenant. Amen? Is that good? Now, do you, can you guys remember with me any, any things in the book of Genesis, any times about building? Can you remember anything that was built in Genesis? Anything? Anybody? Noah's Ark. Very good. And since you said that, we're not going to talk about it. But, you know, Noah's Ark, yes, the first thing we see built. But I remember a building that's built in Genesis. If you guys remember the Tower of Babel, right? Well, let's, let's look at this. Speaking about types and shadows and understanding that we, the covenant that we live in, right? 
we see Jesus so we can now look back to these things and draw from them as types and shadows to where we are today. Okay, so we're looking at Genesis chapter 11 and verse 3. It says here that they're making the Tower of Babel and they say to one another, come let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. Okay, now they're building the Tower of Babel brick by brick. Now, you know that bricks are made, or you may not know, I'm going to tell you, so you're going to know, that bricks are made by straw. Bricks, if you put them in fire, they will burn. They may burn slowly, but if the fire is hot enough, they will burn up. Okay, and they're trying to build a building to the heavens, the Bible tells us. They're trying to reach heaven where God lives on their own effort. How many of you know this isn't going to work? This is a picture of legalism. It's a picture of self-effort. It's something that we can see that man is trying to do something to reach God's standard. It's kind of a picture for us what, what we do not want to do in the new covenant, right? We know that we can never reach God's standard. We can never measure up in our own effort. That's why we needed a savior. That's why Jesus came down. Amen. But how many of you know that we are not bricks? The Bible never refers to us as bricks, does it? I already told you earlier, we are living stones, but there is one cornerstone. Have you ever heard the, my mom used to always say this. She says some funny things. She says, you're a chip off the old block, right? You know, you're a chip off the old block. You're a chip off of Jesus, the cornerstone. You are a living stone. Amen. And because of his life in you, whenever fire comes, you will not be burnt up. You will be a beautiful shining stone. Because of Jesus Christ that lives on the inside of you. Your eternity is forever secure in your relationship with him. But he came down. He came down so that we didn't have to try to earn our way up. He came down and took the lowest place. He took the place of grace so he could lift us out of the place that we're in. Whatever place that you're in, it's okay. Don't strive your way out of it. Surrender your way. Surrender your life to him and he will take you from the lowest place and he will bring you to his highest place. Amen. So we see really the gospel in this. And if we go to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 5, a familiar verse from last week, but I like this verse. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Amen. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. How many of you know we're not at a low place anymore? We don't have to build to try to reach the highest place. We don't have to earn it. It was freely given to us through Jesus. He has placed you at the highest place, equal standing with him at the right hand of the Father. You cannot earn it, but you can can have it by believing on him. And from that place, you can now see things from a completely different way. You can now see opportunities to build in his kingdom that people that do not see from this perspective will never notice. That's why it's so important that I don't stand up here and tell you how to build. Step by step. But when, I, when we can see Jesus, when we can reveal Jesus, and when your heart can be touched by Jesus, you will respond to build. You will respond correctly. That's what's so powerful about seeing Jesus and always looking for him and meditating and feeding on him. Because when you see him, you see yourself. But then when you look back at your life, you don't see it the same way again. Amen. So we see from a higher place. We live on higher ground. 
And because we live from this place, we are in a place of relationship with him. This is a place where he breathes his spirit, his life into our life. This is a place of relationship. This is not a place of striving. Amen. So we know that the Tower of Babel, you know, the, the language God came down, he stopped that whole, that whole um, man's effort thing. It amounted to nothing. It was always going to amount to nothing. And he scattered the people. There was confusion. You see, we do not want confusion in our hearts. We don't want anything else. We don't want mixture. We want Jesus. Because Jesus will always cause us to respond at the right time. Mixture will cause us to be confused and be scatterbrained. We don't want to be scatterbrained in the new covenant. We want Jesus. Because with him comes the empowerment to respond correctly. Amen. So, continuing on, okay. I'm sure you can think about other stories of building. But we're going to move to the children of Israel because they were playing with bricks as well. Okay, only it wasn't their choice. If you remember the children of Israel, they were stuck in slavery for 400 years, something like that. And they were under uh, a taskmaster named Pharaoh. Okay, and they were building at Pharaoh's command. All right, they were building with bricks and straw, and they were doing all these similar kind of things. And we see that Moses comes, because how many know God wants to bring people out of bondage, out of slavery, and out of striving. God has always been about bringing people out of these things. You know, he brought the law, and when we talk about the law, and this is going to be a type and shadow of the law, but I don't mean to to say that the law was bad. The law was good in what it was intended for, to show us that we could never measure up to God's standard, to show us that we needed a Savior. So it was good in its intention, but it's not good when it causes a heavy burden. That's why Under the law, there was no empowerment to meet the requirements that it showed because the empowerment can only come through Jesus. Okay, so the children of Israel were here, and we're going to see a type and shadow of the law, but Moses came to bring them out. Moses was the one who was going to deliver them out of the hand of Pharaoh. Okay, and so during this time, right at the end, we know Moses, God calls Moses to go before Pharaoh and say, let my people go. Okay, and what does Pharaoh say? No. Okay, and so Pharaoh, he says this, when Moses says, let my people go, in verse 4 of Exodus chapter 5, Moses responds by saying, the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people from their work? Go back to your labor, verse 5. And the Pharaoh says, look at the people of the land, how many, how many now, and you make them rest from their labor. What's Pharaoh saying? He's saying, there will be no rest. Don't let them keep their eyes off their work. Get to work is what he's saying. You know, interestingly to note, Pharaoh, if you look at the original Hebrew language, Pharaoh means um, a great house. It means a great house. So they're under slavery, building for a man whose name means great house. And he's demanding. He's a taskmaster. Look at this in verse 7. His response continues. Do not supply any more straw for making bricks make the people get it themselves but still require them to make the same number of bricks as before don't even reduce the quota they are lazy that's why they're crying out let us go after let us go offer sacrifices to our god so we know we we know from last week the law will always require us but grace will always empower us the law will require things of you but it will give you no way to meet the things that it's requiring you to do, just like Pharaoh. You need to make the same amount of bricks, but now I'm not giving you any supply, anything to help you. 
There's nothing in this world that can help you attain Christ. That's why you need to receive him. Amen? So verse 10 continues on. There's no rest when you're all about requirements. So the slave drivers and the foremen went out and told the people, this is what Pharaoh says. I will not provide any more straw for you. Go and get it yourselves. Find it wherever you can. You must produce just as, just as many bricks as before. So the people scattered again throughout the land. So we see a picture of how not to build, right? We don't want to build under requirements. We want to build under empowerment. Amen. And let's go to, well, let me, let me just say this. He says, you must supply. Okay, Pharaoh's command is you must supply. But how many of you know, under the new covenant, Jesus, he is the one who supplied. He is not just supply. He is actually, he is actually supply himself. He doesn't just have supplies. He is supply himself. So if he is supply, I know from the New Testament that the Bible likens him to a vine and us to a branch. And how many of you know that the vine is the one that produces? Under the new covenant, we are not called to produce. We don't produce our straw, our bricks. He is the one that produces. We present. We allow him to produce inside and we present what we see on the inside and allow it to flow to the outside. And he builds our life step by step. That is how we build. He is the producer and we are the presenter. Now, this, the Lord was sharing this with Katie during night of prayer one, a few weeks ago. And I'm going to steal it from her because I like it. Okay? We are not called in the new covenant to do things out of our effort. I'm talking about our spiritual life. We don't do things out of striving with God. We don't earn favor from God. He freely gives it. We do things out of surrender. We surrender to his plan, his purpose, surrender to his lordship, and then from that place, he empowers us to move and navigate this life. So we don't do things out of effort in our relationship with God. Now, effort will follow in the, in the natural. We are people who love effort. We love to put in effort in the natural, but not to earn things from God, not to, to try to strive and to earn points with God. No, we have received that through Jesus. And it's so important that we know the reason why we do what we do. Because if we're going to build, we do not want to become proud about what we build. We want to be humbled by what God is building through us. Amen. Are we going somewhere? We are not performers in this life. We are permitters. Remember Galatians 2.20. It is now not I that live, but Christ that lives through me. And this life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So we are not performers, but we permit God to live his life through us. We co-labor with him. We build as he builds on the inside. We allow him to build through our lives. I like this picture. It's like he is the, like we are the glove and he is the hand that fits inside the glove. He comes on the inside of us and we're the glove that everyone sees, but the hand is always behind us. Always guiding, always leading, always providing, always giving us empowerment in every area that we need. That is the grace of God. And that is how we build in the new covenant. Is this good? Amen. So we want to allow him to build our lives. And we want to respond in building in our Christian life. We want to be 
building from a place of response, okay? Just like we were talking about giving from a place of response, now we're talking about building from the same place. Interesting. All leads back to Jesus, amen? So God said he would bring his people out to a place of rest. God wanted them out from under the bondage. So now let's look at ways that we want to build under the new covenant, okay? And as we follow the children of Israel's story, we see that when they came out, how many of you know that during the Exodus, Moses commanded them to go to the people and to get that the Egyptians at that time, and he said to them, go and ask them for their silver, their gold, and their, their fine articles. Go ask them for them, and they will give them to you. God will favor you. And how many of you know they plundered the Egyptians? They just walked right up to them and boldly asked for them all their valuables, and they walked out of Egypt with all of the wealth. Do you guys know? Do you remember that? So they walk out with Moses after the Passover, and they just plunder the Egyptians. You know what? This is what happens when you build under grace. Grace provides a plunder, and then he gives you the empowerment to build what he asks you to do. Now, you may not see it in the natural, but I'm telling you it's there in the spirit. God has already supplied it for you. You know, it's time that the body of Christ starts believing for things that they don't deserve. Because God has paid a high price. And he wants his children to realize that you can access things that you really don't deserve. It's time that we get things that we don't deserve. Do you agree? Why? Because we're looking to one that deserves it all. He deserves all the praise. There is nothing that's so worthy but him. But I'm telling you, he's building through his children in powerful ways, in ways that, you know what? You're right. We do not deserve it. It's way too good to be true. But this is the grace of God. This is the empowerment from heaven. You know, let me make it practical for a second. Is that okay? We have, I have someone in my life group, you know, and he really gives life to me. He's a blessing to my life. But he has a testimony, and he actually shared part of his testimony in our pro jam a couple of times back, if you were there. So this may be familiar, but God led him through some circumstances in his life that seemed like they were going the wrong direction to quit his job, okay? Led by the Spirit, he stepped out of his job because he needed to take care of some things in his family. But shortly after that time, he was able to do what God asked him to do. He was obedient in that, and he began to look for jobs and apply for jobs. And as he was doing that, the Spirit of God began to quicken on him that he was to apply for something that in the natural he met none of the requirements. He began to talk to me about this. He said, I don't, before he ever went to the job interview, I don't have the educational requirements that they're asking, but I believe that God has, has given me a word on the inside that I am to go apply for this job. And he went to apply for it, and oddly enough, when he was there, they shared with him that the, the job actually wasn't ever occupied in this company by someone from the Philippines. It was always a job of a foreigner. So now he's not educationally required. He doesn't have the requirements, the education necessary to fill the requirements of the position. And he goes to interview and they tell him, we only give this to foreigners. How many of you know he doesn't deserve it? But let me tell you something. He got it. He got the job. He's working in the job right now. Not because he deserves it, not because his education would say he should get it, not because his experience should say he should get it, because the favor of God says he should get it, because the grace of God says he should get it. It's time to start believing for more church. It's time to start looking for things as God leads you in this place of surrender and then step out 
in the wide open spaces of what he's provided and say, that's mine. I declare it to be so by the favor of God on my life, by the grace that he has poured out for me at the cross. Is this good? It doesn't even stop there. A few weeks after he started work, you know what they did? All expense paid trip to the U.S. Always been a dream of his to go there. You can go there for three months, all expense paid, and we'll pay your salary here. And then when you get back, you can start your position. Because we want you to be trained by foreigners to do the foreigner job. But we want you to do it. Come on, guys. Stop taking back seats to foreigners. You're favored by God. Okay? Amen? He's your salary. He's your great reward. Oh, yes. Thank you. His salary was double than the previous job. Good testimony, huh? God wants to build your life. Come on. We could share more testimonies, right? In our life groups alone. Praise the Lord. You want to, see a, you want to talk about building, since we're here to talk about building? We're talking about building. Let's go to Genesis chapter 7. Sorry, chapter 2, verse 7. Gosh, I'm behind schedule. You guys are pulling it out of me. Good job. Genesis chapter 2, chapter two verse 7. The story of how man came about. And the Lord formed man out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. This is, this is how Adam was made. This is how creation started. God came down, and it got a little messy, right? He got his hands dirty in the clay, and this word formed is like he took the clay and he slapped it together and out came Adam. Well, you, you know what I mean, right? He formed him, okay? It wasn't so much a building. It was like he, he slapped a beautiful mess together out of clay. Okay, good job, God. Way to go. But, but you get the idea, okay? Goodness. Genesis chapter... 2 and verse 22. He didn't slap this one together, okay? Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman. The men said, oh boy. And he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man, okay? So this word made right here in the original language is not the word formed. It's different. It is actually the word built. It's the word built. And if we have the first slide, can we see what this word in the original means, the word built. The, the Lord took the rib out of Adam and he built the woman. Do we have this slide in the Hebrew letters? I want them to see it. Okay. This, this word built is bana, okay? It means to build, to rebuild, to establish, to build a house. How many of you know he made Eve into the first woman? He built her into a wonderful house, Okay. The word in the original language is bet, none, and hey. Okay? Now, next slide. Let's see what the picture means. Remember from last week? Every character in the Hebrew language has a picture that corresponds to a meaning that's directly connected to the letter. Let's look at the, what's connected to the word build. Okay? The first bet is a picture. It corresponds with house. Okay? Or it could, you could say family. The second letter is none. It corresponds with the seed or life, okay, or continuing. And then the last one is hey. It's the fifth letter. It's the letter of grace. This word is the breath of God. It is to be revealed, okay? It is something to behold. And I love the picture. It's a surrender. 
It's a little man surrendered. I don't think that's any accident. Surrender to grace in your life and let him do amazing things. But what we could draw from this a couple of amazing things. You could say that the house or your life or this church or the body of Christ has life because of the breath, because of the breath of God, because of the grace of God. This house has life. Or you could say, or I just said it, your life will continue because of the grace of God. This house will continue because of the grace of God. What was our founding pastor's last message to us at the end of last year? Continue in the grace. How many of you know we're going to expand this year because we're going to continue in the grace of God? He's going to pour out on us what we don't deserve. It's not because of the good preaching or the good pastors that we have in this place that we're going to get a house. No, it's because of Jesus. It is because of his finished work. It is because of the grace that's pouring out from the cross. It has nothing to do with us, and it has nothing to do with you. But God wants to bring a miraculous provision into your life so that you can be a part, so that you can be a part of what's happening. You know, something very interesting about building. Oh, gosh, where do I want to go? Something very interesting about building is right after the, in, in Exodus, when the children of Israel were given all the gold, the silver, and the precious things. Do you know that Moses took a free will offering? He took a free will offering to anyone who wanted to give to build the tabernacle in the wilderness. And let me read to you what happened. If we can go there, Exodus chapter, where are we? 36 verse 6. He asked for a free will offering. So Moses gave the command, and this is the message that was sent through all, out all the camp. Men and women, do not prepare any more gifts for the sanctuary. We have enough. So the people stopped bringing their sacrifice offerings. Their contributions were, say, more than enough, more than enough to complete the whole project. I declare Pastor Alvin's going to have to say, stop. Stop, it's more than enough. You know why it would be awesome? Not because he has to say stop, because it means that the provision in your life is so overflowing that you're just giving out of the abundance of what has been supplied to you. It's possible only because of the grace of God. If it's up to us, not possible. But you know what? I declare that we're going to have more than enough than what we need to build and expand this year. Not in our own effort, not in our strength, because God is building something. Because God is building his church. So God, for, he built the woman, and he, we saw the original language, okay, there. But how many of you know that the woman is a picture of the church, of Jesus Christ? You can see some uh, types and shadows, some typology in the Bible. When it speaks about a woman, it often is talking about the church. So from the very beginning of time, God was already building the woman. He formed the man, but he was building the woman. And then, what does it say? That out of the rib of Adam, right, came Eve. Well, isn't it that Jesus Christ went to the cross for you and I? And I think it was even mentioned in communion, that blood and water flow, flew out, flowed out. It's a picture of the church being birthed from Jesus Christ. It's a picture of you and I. We are the bride of Christ. And what happened? There was a, a birthing that day at the cross 2,000 years ago. And the church became alive. We were not, we're not dead anymore, guys. We are alive in Christ. And so what happened? 
Jesus came back. He resurrected again. And then he comes back to meet with Mary in the garden, if you remember. The very next place he goes, his disciples are in a house. And he goes up to the house. He actually goes through the wall. And he goes to meet them. John chapter 20 and verse 21. This is what happens. And Jesus says to them again, peace be to you. The Father has sent me. I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. And he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Hey, he breathed on them. Hey, receive the grace of God. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive empowerment for whatever that you will build in your life. Receive it. You are the church. You are what I am building with today. You are the building blocks. You are the address of God on the earth. If he wants to get something to the world, he's got to get it to you. Because he is, you are what he is building today. Are you guys being stirred up? You want to see a couple of more people that were being built by grace? We got a little bit of time. Are we okay? How about Abraham and Sarah? We've been talking about them. You know, Abraham, he's the one that gave the tithe to Melchizedek. He's the one that God blessed, right? He has, he's the blessing of Abraham. He said, Abraham, get out from your country. Go to a place that I will show you. Remember him? He was 75 when God told him that. Okay, a few years, 10 years, something down the road, Sarai comes to Abram and he says to Abram, why don't you take the maid and you can uh, have a child through her so that we can have an heir, right? They try to do things in their own effort to bring about the promise of God. But how many of you know it didn't stop the promise of God? God continued to, to bless Abraham in spite of his failures, that's for somebody in here. But anyways, God was building them, and he was, he was doing that. And so after they made a mistake there, God came to visit him at the age of 99. And what happens is very interesting. In Genesis chapter 17 and verse 4, God comes to Abram again. And this time, he says, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. He reaffirms Abram. No longer shall you be, your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the father of many nations. Okay, and then we jump down a few verses and we see Sarai. Okay, if we have that, verse 15. And then God said to Abram, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall, shall be her name. So what is God doing here? Very interesting. If you look at the, uh, the original characters for their name, let's look at Abram. Let's look at Abram. God is building something in their life. Can we see Abram in the original? There we go. Aleph, Bet, Resh, and Mim make up Abra, Abram. But Abraham, God inserts a very important character. He breathes his breath, the breath of God, the hey. He puts that in Abraham's name. So now not Abram, but Abraham, Aleph, Bet, Resh, Hey, and Mim. God breathes his life into the name of Abraham. So every time Sarah comes to speak to Abram, it's not Abram anymore, it's Abraham. And he has the life, the grace of God in his name. I think it's no accident. Let's look at Sarai. Sarai, Shin, Resh, and Yod. Then God takes the yod and he takes it away and he replaces it with the hay, with the grace. 
with the fifth letter, with the breath of God. Now, the yod, if you would look at the, origin, uh, the, the word picture for yod, it's an arm. It's a picture of man's effort. It's a picture of the flesh. He takes away the arm and he replaces it with the breath, with the grace of God. Just like he breathed on you through Jesus Christ, just like the life of Christ lives on the inside of you, today you are a living stone. And his breath is there to lead you and guide you step by step in this life. Not only that, the cross, the, G, the person of Jesus, grace himself, he has purchased it all for you. And empowerment is there for you. He has provided what you need at the cross. So what is our new covenant pose, everyone? Surrender. From this place of surrender, this is an attitude of the heart. This is not something we do in the natural. But this is a place of powerful, powerful things. You know what? I believe anything that is made to last for all eternity, it starts from a place of surrender. From this place, Lord, I give you my life. Every area of my life. I surrender to you because I know that your plans, your purposes, they're always meant to last for eternity. They're always better than what I can do myself. It's time to believe in a place of surrender for things that you do not deserve. Because if you're going to believe outside of the place of surrender, you'll always believe according to what you deserve. It's just a fact of human nature. We'll look at ourselves and think what we can deserve. But if we're in a place of complete surrender, it is a place of empowerment to dream dreams that are not your own. They're dreams far beyond what you can think up on your own strength. These are God-given dreams. Because there's God-given plans. There's things that are yet to be built that God wants to build through his people, through the church, businesses that he wants to build, families that he wants to build, relationships that he wants to connect. There is things that he wants to do that are far beyond anything you could imagine. But it starts from a place of surrender. Allow his grace to work and to build in your life. Is this good? I'm winding down. Do you have time for one more scripture? Someone can come play. There's a fresh grace here. A fresh grace of empowerment. By the Spirit of God for new things to be birthed. For new witty inventions. For ideas. There's businesses that haven't even been thought up that are just coming into fruition right now. God is going to be speaking to you over the next several days but near days about things that you've never seen before because your heart is becoming into a position where it can take it can handle what God wants to bring a pass in your life you need to understand there's something so significant about being in a place of surrender if God can get you to surrender he can begin to build things that you never thought were possible in your life Some of you, God wants to talk to you about things that you're doing right now that are way too small. He wants you to broaden your horizons. He wants you to think outside the box. He wants to connect the dots for you that you never thought were even a connection to what you're doing. Listen to me. This was not said in any other service. This is for some people specifically here. God wants to, he wants to build something amazing through. It's available for everyone. Anyone that will surrender, he can build through you. You're all qualified. Look at this verse, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 3. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, 
Anybody know the Lord is gracious in here? Coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. Don't ever let anyone tell you that you're not precious. You are chosen by God. I don't care what man says. I don't care where you're from. I don't care your background. If you've received Christ, you are from the family of heaven. You are a child of God. You are precious and you have a specific call in your life. Start to see yourself as he sees you. You also, as a living stone, say that's me, are being built up into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. Therefore, it is also contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, and you're a chip off the block, an elect, a precious, and he who believes on him, 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 will by no means be put to shame. If you have the power to believe, he has the power to build. If you can have the power to believe, He has the power to build. He will build through your life. If you believe today, just lift your hands to heaven. Surrender to him. Lord Jesus, I surrender to you today. I renew my surrender to you. Every area that I'm holding on to, reveal it to me. I don't want to hold on to things in my own effort. I want you to build. I want to see as you see. I want to know as you know. Open my eyes. Let me see. Let me hear. The hay from heaven. The fresh wind from heaven. Blow over the hearts and the lives of each and every person. Receive. Receive right now. Receive downloads right now. Receive empowerment right now. Receive ideas right now. Receive more. There's more for you, child of God. There is more for you. There is more for you. Come on, receive, receive. It's not hard. He speaks in a way that you can understand. He wants to be sure that you get it. You're qualified. You're enough. Just the way you are. Don't look to the right or to the left. You are precious. He has made you alive. It is not your life. It is not your ability that causes you to hear. It is his life. It is his ability. He gives you the ability. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing in the lives of each and every person in this place. We bless you today. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Did you receive something today? Come on, Jesus. Well, if you're here and you're maybe here for the first time or you've been here for a while, we don't want to leave this place without giving you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You want to make him Lord because he has awesome plans when you're his child. So if I could have every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, if that's you and you're here today, you're hearing this message and your heart has been stirring and you want to know today that you walk out of here with a, as a living stone, alive to Christ Jesus in relationship with him. That is available for you. So if you're here, if you're on the fourth floor, can you just lift up your hand? I want to pray a prayer with you of receiving Jesus. Is there anyone in this place that wants to receive Jesus? Anybody at all? There's no more important decision that one can make in life than to give their life, to surrender their life 
to the person of Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, if you're raising your hand or if you're on the fourth floor, you know Jesus can see your hand, and he is welcoming you into the family today. The Bible says that when you pray, believe in your heart, you speak with your mouth, that he will become to be the Lord of your life. So can you pray this prayer with congregation with those that may be praying it for the first time? Say this, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, today I see that you died for me, that you shed your blood for me. Today, I want to make you the Lord of my life. I thank you for forgiving all of my sins, for purchasing new life for me, for purchasing empowerment for me. Today, I want to live my life with you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit us at newlifethefort.com.